everyone. Good evening on this Tuesday, February 28th. Amanda Grace here with you. My co-host Marty Grisham is going to be on in just a moment. This is going to be Grace Out Loud, episode 10. Welcome to everybody coming on in the U.S. and around the world. Hello to our moderators. There's Grace singing and hello to our Ark of Grace team. Thank you for helping us do what we do for the Lord. Let us, without further ado, bring in the co-hostess with the mostess. The co-hostess with the mostess, Amanda. Praise the Lord. Hey, everybody. It's good to see you. Praise God. Praise the Lord, Marty. So, Isn't God good? He is good. God is absolutely good. Yeah, faithful, faithful. Amen. Amen. Mm. So, Marty, I'm going to have you open in prayer. Yes. And then we're going to get into some things. Uh, uh, an event that is going to be had in Tulsa and some other things. So we'll get in that in a moment. So I'll turn it over to you, Marty. Yes, Father. Everyone just uh, just yeah. hook up. You know, I was just reading, uh, I was just reading a scripture from a John 10, 9 that says that Jesus is the door and that we can enter into him through that door and be saved. And then we can go in and out and find green pastures. So just on the inside, let's just together, let's just step in and find that pastor tonight. I believe, and it's not, I'm not, I'm talking about the pastor of a church like pat like a green fields of provision provision so father we just come to you tonight we just step in we step into the realm of the unseen more than what our natural mind can even comprehend because we are of you we are one with you by the spirit father we thank you for the precious name of jesus the holy precious name it's above every other name but it's a name that you've also given to us that we can access you father through your precious son, Jesus. So we thank you that we can step in and access you, Father. We can access your courts. We can come boldly before your throne of grace and obtain, obtain from you. So tonight, Father, we just step in. We just praise you and we glorify you and we magnify you. I'm asking you, Father, to speak tonight. Yes, Lord. Father, there's been lots of question marks concerning the body of Christ. A lot of question marks. A lot of things being said. A lot of things taking place. What would you say? What's your heart? What's your mind? What's your intentions of tomorrow's? So we're asking tonight that you speak, that you give light, that you direct us that you comfort us by that precious Holy Spirit, that you teach us that we have no need for a man to teach us, for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, our great teacher, is ever on the inside. So we're asking tonight, Father, in the precious name of Jesus, as we step in and just embrace you, that you tell us about tomorrows. You reveal the importance of today. Where, where is revival? What does it look like? Where is the great harvest? Are we in position? Are we being positioned by you? Lord, we're asking you to lead us and guide us, to direct us, to help us, that we can do our part. Help us get into place to do our part. Speak to us tonight in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. 
I have a feeling this is going to be good tonight, Marty. It's going to be good because your your hair is bigger than I've ever seen. It's like the size of your chair. Look at the hair on that girl. Woo! <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> we have... It's going to be a crazy one. It's like a Chia Pet. <laughs> Do you got to water it like a little... Hey, Chris, hurry. It's bedtime. Come water my hair. Is that what's going on? Okay, so okay, serious. I'm coming to Tulsa. Serious fact. <gasps> That's right. What? I'm coming for two events in Tulsa. <clears throat> you are. What's the first event about? Tell me about that. The first event is at Clay Clark's headquarters. Yeah. In Tulsa, and I believe it's called Reverse Davos. So I'm going to be there. Jim Brewer's going to be there. Yeah. The whole lineup of people. Leon Benjamin. Um, yes. Uh, is it Dr. Stella? Maybe is going to be there too. I'm not I've sure, checked, but that is March 23rd. But then Saturday, March 25th. Is What's this. that? Yes. Would you like to tell us about it, Marty? So the Lord has been dealing with my sweet wife and I, Jenny and I, he's been dealing with us and really very strongly talking to us about starting healing meetings in the city of Tulsa. Now, Real quickly, to give you the 10-second rundown, the city of Tulsa, if you know anything about it, it's designed to be a light to the nation, and he spoke to me a bright light to the much darkness. Now, he spoke that to me about two and a half years ago when the much darkness was really starting to be revealed, right? And so we're just running after it becoming a bright light and endeavoring to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our city. Tulsa's always been known as a place of faith. It's always been known as a place of healing. Over the last years, the left and the dark guys have pushed all that they can to try to take over school boards, to do so much crazy. And you know what? We're crazier. We're going to just start getting everybody healed. There won't be anybody sick left. And so there won't be anybody to complain. So we're just going to. And so you're coming in to start the very first one with us. Our plan is to do the Tulsa Healing Revival every month. That's the plan right now. So we're very appreciative of you coming in and helping us on the first one, March the 25th. Now, I'm going to send you. Actually, the best thing to do, if they go to loudmouthprayer.org, if you go to loudmouthprayer.org, in the very center of the screen, when you pull it up, there's a button right there that says event info. And that's about the healing, this healing revival. And you click on that button if you want to attend or just want to see what's going on. You click on that button and it takes you to a website called Eventbrite. And Eventbrite has all the details, the hotels to stay. It's about a 20 minute drive from the Tulsa uh, International Airport, the hotels, all the restaurants around and, you know, all the stuff, all the details. And it's going to be March the 25th, Amanda. Okay. Yes. It's going to be an all day event. Starts at eight in the morning with a time of prayer. I'm going to lead that. And then we're going to move into, and the Lord every day is dealing with me about other speakers in this area. They're going to help us. And then obviously Amanda's going to have, we're going to minister healing. Now this is something really cool. Uh, when I ministered at a ministry here in town, we had rooms similar to that of the, um, John G. Lake did the Spokane healing rooms, the healing rooms that John G. Lake did where we would take people in the back and minister to them. We're actually doing that at this event. I'm having healing technicians that have been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years who have done this and trained in this. They're going to have special rooms and places for people to come sit down and get ministered to. It's going to be an all day, just of miracles and healings. Praise God all day. You know, it's funny. 
Timothy Dixon called me a crazy woman, which I really? think is sort of a compliment. He hugged me and he went, you're a crazy woman. It so is a compliment. For <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking very uh, much forward to this and to doing this. Yeah. It's going to be really good. It is yeah. going to be good. Yeah. I'm looking very forward to coming back out to Tulsa again. Chris loves Tulsa. I love Tulsa. Um, Tulsa is one of the places that Chris is actually the most drawn to. Wow. Yep. And maybe we should warn Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer now. I might be coming to his church on Sunday. Nice. <laughs> Listen to him preach. <laughs> Good. That's awesome. Yeah. Hi, Pastor Jackson and family. Okay. So <laughs> that's going to be March 25th. March 23rd yeah. is the event I'm doing with Clay. So I am going to be in Tulsa. So we hope to see many of you there. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. And we all know what time it is now, Marty. It's the hardest time of my week, man. I tell you, but I'm ready this time. I'm prayed up. I'm telling you, I'm in the word. Let's do it. It's time for caption this. Oh. Okay, Marty, ready? <clears throat> okay, give it to me. What you got? <laughs> Sitting That's on funny. the dock of the bay. I don't know. That song just immediately came to my mind. That's a so, good one. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, chicken pot pie. Um. Holly's done with this cracker? I don't know. This is Wally. <laughs> Wally's done Perry. with the cracker. Yep, is I this parrot pool time? Parrot pool time. Uh-huh. That could be a bidet. It could it could be a bidet. Actually, it's Duchess the Pig's water bowl that he has decided to so gracefully enter and oh, try wow. to take a bath in it. I bet there's lots of grace in that. There is lots of grace in that. <laughs> <laughs> caption this for this week sometimes we put them out ahead of time we'll try to make sure next time we put them out uh at the beginning of the day because people like to write captions if we put it out on social media so we'll do that so yes that was wally our 41 year old african gray parrot he's going on 41 wow they live over 60 years in captivity so they live a very long time these parrots so yes but that's amazing wow we love Wally and Molly. Molly's 40, Wally's 41. So praise the Lord. That's the, that's that caption this for this week, Marty. And, that was a good uh, one. It was a good one. So Marty, let's so, talk. <laughs> um, oh, Amanda, let's talk. I mean, you're going down to one of the number one churches in the world. I mean, you, you got to talk about, did you have a good time with, uh you know, with the Bullocks? I mean, you had a, it seemed like you had a great time. I did. And actually I can hold on here. I will show two pictures. Okay. So if we just talk for a minute here, I can get them up so I can show everybody a couple pictures that my dear friend, Krista Bullock uh, sent to me. She was taking them from the front row. It was so cute, but she took them from the front row. And yes, this past Sunday, I was down at Church International preaching. And service lasted over five hours. That's a long time. Praise the Lord. Did we, uh, I spoke, well, first, uh, their whole family got up and, and they obviously played. They're very talented musicians. And then after that, I got up and spoke. And then me and Robin tag teamed a bit back nice. and forth. 
which was which was uh, a lot of fun. And then we went into praying over people. Mm. So <laughs> that was something else. It was just praise God. I think I, I, I edited the same picture twice. Okay, ready? Yes. All right, so I'll show two pictures. So here's the first one. This is them, Robin and Robin, handing the mic off to me on <clears> stage. <throat> Krista took lovely pictures. She was in the front row. She At this point, she had gone to the front row. So she gives their tithe and offering message. And here's me and Chris. Which That's is a with, great I, picture. I really like that picture a lot. So I think yeah. we're going to have this framed, this particular one. So That's I have to tell picture. you what a blessing they are. They were so gracious and wonderful to us. Yeah. And they just made us feel right at home and like family. And we just love them all for that. So yes, Good. but we did post it on YouTube <laughs> and Rumble. And I think Facebook too, we posted the entire service. Oh, wow. From Good. Church International, all five hours and something minutes. It was it was wild. And praise <laughs> God. I mean, it was great. Yeah. Last week, they didn't get out of church till 445, they told me. And they started at 1045. Oh, wow. So they have church. That's a lot of church. Sunday. <laughs> yes. So praise the Lord. Great experience. First night, we go to this barbecue place to find something to eat because our flights got in a little later. The second we sat down and I opened my mouth, the people at the table next to me go, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so they were very curious, me being from New York and Alan and Sarah being from California, me and Chris being the other side of the country. So we, we got to talking with them a little bit. Very nice family. Yep. Tried pimento cheese. Oh. It's wow. delicious. Oh, sounds like bird food. <laughs> it's not bird food. It is I'm delicious. Okay. So yeah. I'm a little tired, but I'm okay. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so good. I'm good Marty. But this is just a nice, you. nice, refreshing night of just what's the what's the heart and the mind of God saying? What's going on with the Father? You had a really long, a pretty uh, long, hefty prophetic word. Um, from there, do you want to share? Is there any parts of that you want to? Because uh, oh. you know, Amanda, you know when you have a word, yes. when it's on the spot like that, sometimes you have more light than what the word actually reveals. Yes, you know, many, many. I mean, I've never had a word that I didn't see more. So, like sometimes you'll give someone a word and they can say to you, "What else did you get?" And you could probably talk for another five minutes because. You're, you're only speaking from a little bit of the light of what he's revealing to you. So is there some more depth to that that you could pull from? Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> I just, here it is. I just got it up because uh, Krista's assistant, Kayla, is uh, a stenographer, and she was able to literally take down the entire word. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. So I'm just looking to see where it went, actually, because I just downloaded it. And if you want, there's some interesting parts of it that, okay, let's try this again. Oh, here it is. All right, I got it. Enable editing. Oh, my goodness, it is a long word. Wow. 
I looked at it briefly, and I mean briefly. Uh, what was it yesterday or the day prior? Your mic, Amanda, is sounding pretty crazy on my side. It is. Oh, it's okay, not now. Hold on. Yeah. It's better now. Yep. It was just doing some kind of funny noise. It's, it's okay now. Okay, good. So let me see if there's a part of it because I can actually go over the whole on Thursday. Cause this is a big one. Let me see here. Oh, this is an interesting part of it. There's a part of it here that says, and I always like to say, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of almighty God with authority come forth in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, he talks about a dam uh, uh, breaking. So he says, a raging river, a dam breaking, says the Lord. There is a dam on the East Coast, says the Lord. There is a dam in the Midwest, says the Lord. And there is a dam on the West Coast, says the Lord, that is set to break. And thus says the Lord, the prognosticators and the political puppets and the wicked and the corrupt and those who blaspheme the name of God will be taken over by this dam. What they have built when it breaks shall be dismantled by it, says the Lord. And says the Lord, the cornerstone of the foundation that governs what you call your capital, I, the Lord thy God, in this season, in this time, in this appointed time, am pulling that cornerstone out. My hand shall come forth, says the Lord, my right hand and outstretched arm shall come forth, and it shall pull that cornerstone out, and it shall allow things to begin to lean. It shall allow the tower to begin to lean, says the Lord. Whoa, did you see that? <laughs> Right over my... That's a flyby. That's a flyby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, where am I? Let's see here. <laughs> uh, it shall allow the tower to begin to lean, says the Lord. It shall allow Congress to begin to lean, says the Lord. It shall allow governors who are connected by chains to begin to lean. And says the Lord, when they begin to lean, thus says the Lord of hosts, the wind of my breath, the pneumos, shall break forth in a gust, in a single gust, and it shall begin to knock over what leans. That's part of it. Hmm. Praise the Lord. There's a lot here, Marty. Yeah, there is. Uh, I'd have to go through it. But, um, oh, this is interesting, too. So he says, he also says here. And they shall turn, well, let's get to the, um, and there is an army of the young being raised up that will proclaim the word of the Lord with the boldness that is spoken of in my word. And they shall turn on the enemy and they shall turn on the devourer and they shall turn on the enemy's trophies and they shall turn on wicked leaders and corrupt schools. They shall turn. And they shall cause the chains of bondage to begin to break off of the minds of the young. Because the young in this season, in this window, they have a window, says the Lord. Because I am opening up the windows of heaven and they have a window to be shaken awake. And they shall become part of this march that you see. Of this march that is going to echo across the nation. Behold, I, the Lord God, am doing a new thing. Do you not see it? In this season, you must have eyes to see and ears to hear, says the Lord, what the Spirit has to say. So wow. that's another part of it. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that, that word window really jumps out. Isn't it? It, it was intricate because I don't remember none of this until I yeah, look back at yeah. it. So 
I did not remember much of what came out of my mouth in that moment. But many, what do you want to? Where do you want to go with that? I think. Well, I was just saying. Many though. times when the Lord says, when He gives a word like that, and in the middle of the word, He's repeat. If He repeats a word, mm-hmm. He's stressing it very strongly, and that's what you've done so well. Uh, when you do your words, many times you say, uh, you know, capitalized because he's stressing that. And so the way he spoke about the window and they said, there is, so just imagine there is a window. And so the window is a pouring out place of him to pour out his glory, but also windows. Many times we, we talk about, there's a window of time. And when you go look at all the revivals, all the outpourings, um, they always had blocks of time that they existed in. Even the Brownsville revival, the Pensacola, Florida yes. revival, it, it hit five years. And now the pastor and the evangelist did, did that. They said, this thing we firmly believe could have kept going. We were just so exhausted. We Five years that of a revival, amazing. they were just literally so exhausted, and they, they didn't have someone, I guess, according to the way the pastor John Kilpatrick described it, didn't have someone to handle it over, hand it over to, to keep moving forward with it. Um, so that he and, you know, Steve Hill could rest, but so, but there's blocks of time. So when you say window, I'm seeing there's, there is the outpouring of the glory, but there's also a block of time. We've got to get the work done before the time ends. Amen. We got to get busy. We have to get busy. And I think yeah. this is a good um, segue into talk about Asbury. Oh. And what we see happening. Yeah. You know, the Lord had me go look up what Asbury means, what the name means. And it means a fortified place. That is what the name Asbury means. So it's like, it's a stronghold. It's a fortified place. It's a strong tower. It, it's a place of refuge. And uh, I know in 1970, they had a revival there in Asbury. And 50,000 people descended on the town. Pastor Phil actually told me that, Hostin Pillar, because uh, he sent a team down there. And so 50,000 people descended on Asbury. And the president of the university cut it short and stopped it. Oh, wow. So, which is interesting, but I think Asbury is a catalyst. That's what I think it is. I think it's the catalyst for what you're going to see now break forth in various parts of the nation, including one of, one of the, well, well, maybe it's one of the dams or at at most at best, it's a geyser, an enormous, enormous geyser that breaks forth. But one of them is going to be in one of the most liberal areas. Because the Lord's going to prove a point with this, so I, I truly I feel it coming. One, it, one of them is going to be one of the most liberal areas, and they're going to scratch their heads and go, "How is this going on here?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have a whole one or two generations sitting around, you know, some praying mm-hmm. for revival, some hungry for revival, and what's beautiful about Asbury is it took us back to just. You know, the Bible refers in the New Testament that there's a simplicity in Christ. God never designed any of this stuff to be complicated. And our minds, our flesh, so many things, the devil, every there's so many things that will try to make it look complicated. Mm-hmm. But revival comes from hunger. 
and you just had some young people that were hungry. The same thing that makes me run to the dinner table is the same thing, but just a spiritual version of it, of just wanting more of him. And so I think it brought us back, Amanda, revival is not some great push a whole lot of buttons and hope that God maybe blesses us with an outpouring. It's just hunger. It's just hunger. You don't have to pull all the levers and make everything, all the stars have to be aligned for the great moment of time. It's just hunger. And that's why I don't know how many of you are talking about it, but there's, they're popping up everywhere, everywhere, colleges, everywhere, churches, everywhere. I'm talking with people in other States and Florida and different places there. This is going on all over the place. Mainstream media is never going to touch it at that level. Much of the body of Christ is so unorganized. We're not hearing much of it at that level, unless people are on shows talking about it, but yeah, it's just as, so I love that Abbsbury just reminded all of us, you got hunger, you're ready for revival. Amen. And if you notice the the events that are happening in close proximity, you have Asbury, you have <laughs> Jesus Revolution that's yeah. come out in theaters. You have all right. of these things happening in the middle of the enemy trying to do what he did, um, you know, in the airwaves and, and at the Grammys and, and at other you know, you know, in the political arena, you have all of a sudden attention being drawn. Me, the media suddenly is turning and looking at these two things. So, in the middle of the enemy trying to do this, you have a you have a bubbling spring that's beginning to break forth <laughs> in the middle of it, and you're beginning to see this, you know, almost one after the other happen, leading up to Purim. So Purim is March 6th and 7th, and we're kind of marching right to it with these things happening. Yeah. Um, I had, the Lord dealt with me, and he talked with me recently, you know, because, and Amanda, I don't remember how far we talked and touched on things our last show, because, you know, I'm doing so many shows, a show every day, you're just kind of, you know what I mean? You kind of get, yeah. you're, you're, you're covering a lot of the same things. But I wanted to I wanted to share this with you from this public setting, where the Lord gave me a word about pastors. Okay. And it was really have I shared that with you? I don't know if you shared. I don't. This. I don't think that I have. I know. Um, you you. So, but I wanted to share that with you because okay. to me, it was a breath of fresh air to me prophetically, because we have been aware that many, not all but many pastors haven't been walking and pushing and feeding the sheep at the level and have pulled back from speaking in tongues, have some have never embraced it, have pulled back from the move of the spirit, wanting to be in control, have made some decisions and let money or people leaving the church be the deciding factor, not the head of the church, Jesus. So all of these different things and all, and it's almost like the pastors have got beat, beat up a lot over the last few years. And it, and it wasn't about that. It's just about the body of Christ is yearning and, and just needing leadership, just needing someone to rise and say, let's go take the loss. Let's go take in dark. Let's go push back the darkness, you know, but we had weak leadership in many levels. And so this word came to me about pastors. And so, and so here it goes. Just, we'll just chew on this one here. This is a good one. Yeah. 
For there has been much said about that ministry gift, pastors. There has been much said and much I've revealed about the deficit of that ministry gift. But I have to let you know, stronger now than at any other time, that the hour is soon coming where the pastor's gift is one of the five gifts and it's needed just like the others. So I'm restoring the pastors back to that place of power. I'm restoring them back Uh, those who have had weak knees. I'm restoring those that have not bowed to pray. I'm restoring those that refuse to say. I'm restoring those that have not stood for their people, not fed their people, and not stood for their city or nation. I'm restoring those in this great hour of harvest. So what the, and there's a, I'm halfway done with the word, but I want to stop right there. So the Lord is showing me that he's in this when the great harvest starts, pastors are going to wake up. Yes. They're going to see millions running in their doors, screaming for God, wanting God. I just received Jesus. Now what do I do? And the pastors are going to be pushed by that pressure to go back on their knees and seek God and find his heart and find his mind. And, and, and they're, going, they're going to be restored because that hunger it's going to be driven back into them again. And so, but it's, but I find it interesting though. It's not during this revival because the revival, Amanda, is not the harvest. Harvest is very simply the precious fruit of the earth that the father is so patiently waiting for. It's that precious fruit of the earth's being reached. Harvest is bringing in the lost. This revival has the, the, the things we're seeing now. That's not what this is. Some is getting, some are getting saved. Some are coming to the Lord, but it is a reviving of people that will then usher in as this revive grows. It will usher in these revived people are then going to go out and get the lost and bring them in and harvest that precious fruit of the earth. So to finish this word real quickly, um, I'm restoring them in the great hour of harvest. I will restore them. Did I not say that there would be unity in my body until I come? I, and I am creating in this hour of harvest a restoration of that weak gift, restoring strength, restoring power, restoring revelation, and light. And I will give them light, and I will give the pastors of my land prophetic insight unto teaching and preaching like they have never had before. The spirit without measure needs to move among my people. Now, the spirit without measure moves when the ministry gifts work together. And so get ready, do everything you can, and get ready for the restoration of my gift. I know it's been my gift from the beginning. I'm the one that called this gift. I separated the pastors. I call them. I send them. I prepare them a place this ministry gift, and I will restore it, says the Lord. Hallelujah. That's really exciting to me because we have seen how much of a deficit and a famine there's been in that gift. There has, you know, one of the things Jesus said to, I believe, Peter, before uh, he went back up to take his rightful place at the right hand of the Father is, if you love me, yeah, feed my sheep. Yeah. Feed my lambs. That's part, that's part of the pastor's mantle because he's a shepherd. Yeah. Shepherd feed the sheep. They care for the flock. Yeah. And I think uh, there's quite a, a faction here that have opened up their flock to hungry wolves coming in. 
instead of really, you know, standing up and doing what a pastor and a shepherd is supposed to do. And we need that restored. We need them to come back and, and really shepherd the way it's necessary in this hour. Someone just wrote a comment. The bird is in its bath. Is, is Grace in her bath right now? The bird is in its bath. Oh. No, oh. she's perched on the shelf. Oh, oh Wally? maybe it's the, the picture of Wally. Oh, okay, Wally. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I, I shouldn't look at comments, so, yeah. I'm just reading comments. I'm just having a good night here. Just read everyone's comments. That's okay. You can read the comments. So, after this word came to me, I'm talking more, but I was still staying kind of in the prophetic zone and just kept talking, and I got some light on some things and began to say things still prophetically. And the Lord said to me, I want to show you why the prophets have been attacked. And I'm like, ooh. And the Lord, and then and then when he showed it to me, I'm like, that is so accurate, Lord. Thank you for hitting a, hitting a home run there because he showed me. So I, I was at Aaron Antis's house. Jenny and I were over there two years oh, ago. Oh, we love him and Dick. Yeah, we were over at Aaron's house, and we're sitting at the dinner table. I think, was it the night that maybe I made a gumbo or a jambalaya, and we were over there? And we're sitting at the dinner table, and Aaron's on my one side, Jenny's on the other. We got done eating, and the Spirit of God just moved on me. And I said, we got to pray. We got to pray. So the whole room, we just jumped in, jumped in prayer, started praying. And I went into a vision, and Jesus run up to me. He didn't walk. He didn't skip. He ran up to me in a vision. Jesus came face to face with me. And when he did that, he said, I am going to come visit every one of the pastors in the city of Tulsa. I want you to pray this out, to pray and confess it and speak it and declare it into existence. So just hold that thought, hold it aside. So the Lord began to speak to me after this pastor's word about restoring that ministry gift. And the Lord said, the reason why the prophets have been so attacked in this hour, Amanda, which you know a little bit about that, is because they've been called in the realm of the unseen, I'm saying it the way he said it to me, in the realm of the unseen to restore the pastors. And the enemy does not want the pastors restored. So what does the enemy do? He attacks the ones that are called and anointed to restore them. That's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, it very is interesting. Because people in the prophetic, like if we look at Samuel and we look at others, they carry the anointing. To rest of restoration, they did. When Saul was coming down and, and unraveling at the seams, what happened? Samuel is carrying the anointing to David, and he says, "If Saul finds out, he'll kill me." Not because he was concerned about Saul necessarily killing him, but he was concerned that he wasn't going to get to anoint yeah. David. That was his concern because yes. he he had to finish it. Uh, and so prophets carry the anointing to yeah. restore yeah. and to position. Yeah. So it, very interesting. Well, when we go to Ephesians 4, if someone ever wants to read some really good reading, go to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And it is the part that talks about the fivefold, we call fivefold ministry gifts, apostles, um, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, it, it labels those five. And so then after it labels those five 
and apostles, prophets, I'm reading verse 11, evangelists, pastors, teachers, verse 12, and it shows what some characteristics of why these five are being talked about. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints so that the saints will do the work of the ministry and that that work of the ministry of the saints will be the edifying of the body of Christ. And then it talks about how long of a time till we all come in the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God. How long is the pastor's office? How long is the apostle's office? Amanda, there's no prophets for today. Well, according to Paul, who wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament, he said these five gifts will be operating till we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, we've not come to that, Amanda. So the prophet's office, the apostle's office, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, all five of them are still given, given. In verse 11, it says, and he himself gave. This is Jesus. So these are five gifts given by Jesus. Mark Sherwood's cup. These are five gifts. There it is. Thank you, Vanna. So, sorry, Wheel of Fortune. So, so, okay. So these five gifts are given by Jesus, who's the head of the body. Where am I going with all this? I'm going with all this many times. We we see the list of these five these five ministry gifts in verse eleven, and then verse twelve through fifteen, we see what those gifts are helping do, but we forget in verse eleven those five gifts are also supposed to take care of each other. Amen. Those, they're yes. supposed to be there for each other. Because they're on the same, if you look at it like a hand, right? Yes. They, all the fingers have to work together to hold on to yes. what you should hold on to. Yeah. They're supposed to be, they're supposed to take care of each other. They're not supposed mm-hmm. to attack each other. They're supposed no. to be there for each other. They're supposed to pray for each other. They're supposed to edify each other. And those five gifts. Now, I'm just going to lay this out here. I'm just going to say I see William Bear. Good to see you, William Bear. Uh, <laughs> these comments are just taking me over here. Let me move, make them go away. So um, these five gifts, this is what the Lord said to me about two years ago. Now, Amanda, I got to say, I have shared this so many times with ministers a lot of pastors and they literally, literally don't even acknowledge it coming out of my mouth. It's just like it hits a wall and comes to the ground Wow! over and over and over. And I'm like, now, Jesus, you said this to me so strongly. A million people couldn't drag this out of me. What you said to me, mm-hmm. you, I'm building suspense. You are. <laughs> I know it's going to so. be, it's going to change your world. Uh, but I said, <laughs> Jesus, why in the world, when I share this with ministers, they literally act like I didn't even say anything? What did he so, say? This is what he said. Unity. Oh, my gosh, Amanda, the Holy Ghost just fell on me. Unity will not be found in the body of Christ until there's unity in these five gifts working together. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. That's where we are today. Because he is supposed to be able to touch and help each other just like your hand absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. a one-fingered hand can't do much oh, here comes chris now he i thought the holy ghost just hit him too there, there he, he is he's bringing in the nice chair yes no fluff what's up brother hey brother thank you <laughs> I, you said unity i said yes 
He got up, he started praying in the spirit, Chris, and and, and mm-hmm. grabbing that chair. And I went, here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> yeah, those five it's, gifts, you know. they're designed to work together. And then the Lord spent about a year talking to me about, I want you, Marty, to have ministry gifts meetings. Now, I spent a little bit of time being confused about what that looked like. What does that look like? And and now I have some wonderful, dear, powerful people of God I know here in Tulsa, and they'll have meetings, prayer times and meetings, where they'll bring in all five gifts and put them up on the stage together. Wow. Because there's a That's flow. Be like the 4th of July. I know. And it's so powerful. It's the fullness. Yeah. It's the fullness of what God wants. So a lot of times now when I, like even that Saturday, that Saturday, where you're coming with us on March the 25th, get your tickets on that Saturday. I'm a used car salesman. So that, no, I'm not a used car salesman. My wife's over here saying, no, you're not. So, um, but that Saturday I designed it where I want to bring in more than just one ministry gift. I want to bring in three. I want to bring in four. We want to have them, you know, working together. They're supposed to work together. Yeah. Agreement. If one could put a thousand to flight and two could put ten thousand to flight, yeah. imagine all yeah. the gifts working together. Yeah. yeah. What it would do to the enemy's camp. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it, it would be like firing a bazooka <clears throat> in the realm of the spirit and just yeah. putting a giant hole in the enemy's plant. But see, the enemy understands agreement. Actually, one of the first things they're taught in the occult. <clears throat> Because the occult is built on fear and competition. You may not like each other. You're agreeing for the sake of the mission. Isn't that sad? Yeah. That they get agreement better than the church does. The church better wake up and realize what agreement is and how all these gifts operate together. Marty's right. The Lord is definitely right. Because they learn this on the other side. Yeah. For the sake of the mission. Agreement, even if you you don't agree on everything personally, agreement for the sake of the mission. We have to learn that. They teach it in the military, too. So, In the body of Christ, when you see the body of Christ not doing what you're saying, that unity, Chris, unity, it's because they've not considered the fruit of the earth precious. The book of James says the Father who's patiently waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And if you don't consider that fruit precious, you won't do things in line with the heart of the father. You have to consider the lost precious. That's right. This is a good question in the middle of this from Edie. Can someone lose their spiritual gifts? That's a good one for you, Amanda. (laughs) I beat you to the punch. Yeah. Amanda, what do you think? I don't know if they can completely lose them. Can they get off track? Can they get dulled? You know what I mean? Can they get suppressed? Yeah. Are they still in that person? Yes. You know what I mean? It's kind of like things can just... Now, now if we go down the road of someone completely walking away from the Lord, what do you think, Marty? Do they completely lose that gift? Oh, for sure. Yeah, if they completely walk... Um, So, spiritual gifts... Mm-hmm. Um, if you just turn those words around, then it could be said gifts of the spirit. Yes. And so we know that's first Corinthians 12, mm-hmm. the nine gifts of the spirit, prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation, 
yes. a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, um, gift of faith, discerning uh, of spirits, right? Yeah. And okay. so it's the manifestations. So he actually gives us there in first Corinthians 12, seven, he says, I'm going to give you the manifestation of these 12 gifts of the spirit. So that's one thing. So we're not talking. So her question's not really that because that's a manifestation of being able yeah. to produce that gift as it comes to you and through you. So that's only as the spirit wills first Corinthians 12 says. So we're not, that's not something that's lost. That's something that he's choosing to give and only he chooses to give it. We can make ourselves more readily available for those to work through us, to us and through us, but those aren't necessarily like a lost. So the spiritual gifts she's talking about, I think is just those gifts and those callings and the equipment that each and every one has these diverse kinds of gifts, these diverse kinds of spiritual, like some people are just move over to be able to have this discerning ability and Others may be a little more of the utterance ability of being more outwardly spoken in prophecy. And some, I mean, so, so like, for instance, one of the gifts of the spirit is the gifts of healings, yes. plural. So it's not a gift of healing. There's lots of gifts found in healings. So there's so many diverse kinds and manifestations in that as well. So, yes, I believe but honestly, anyone that would ever say that probably is never living at a place where they're losing those gifts. It's just like when Paul told Timothy, Timothy, if you're going to fulfill what you're called to do, you're going to have to stir yourself up. But Timothy, you're a pastor. There's so much you're doing. God's called you to do. You have got to stir yourself up. Mama, Aunt Lois, they're not going to show up in the room and stir you up every day. You got to stir yourself up. Well, that's reawakening every day, stirring up in the Holy Ghost, those spiritual gifts. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's true. And that's a discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is because you're, you're spending time in the presence of God. You're ministering before the Lord. It, it You know, you're entering, you know, that, that incredible presence of the Lord when it moves and that stirs you up, but it's a discipline. And the enemy would like nothing more than to dis- distract you from that discipline yeah for sure that's his goal the fruits the The, fruits the fruits of the spirit yes are they you got the suits you've got power so you got no fruit you not and not doing the right thing to the lord no power Yes, you have to operate in the fruits. Simeon happens to eat a ton of fruit. I know a lot on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> You're the, you know about it. But they, what, what does fruit do? It grows and it matures and it ripens. Yeah. We have to yeah. remember that with the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. That we should be going deeper with the Lord. We should be getting on the meat. And as that's happening, <clears throat> the, that fruit is growing, maturing, and ripening. Yeah. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How is the world, Brother Chris, how is the world going to taste and see that the Lord is good? They're going to taste and see our fruit. They're going to see. see. And we are the expression of our sweet Jesus in the earth. Sweet fruit of Jesus coming in and through us. We're the expression. Yeah. Right. And we can't be premature fruit. Hmm. No. It doesn't taste good premature fruit. Bitter. Sour. S- sour. Mm-hmm. Not 
miscolored, you know, not you yeah. immediately looking upon it. It's not ripe. You know, it's not ready. Yes. And, and in the book of Genesis, when we go back to the tree, because this whole debacle starts at the tree on <laughs> the knowledge yeah. of good and evil. What did she say? I, I mean, what did the scripture say about Eve that when she looked at the fruit, right? She saw it was pleasant to look at and it was good for eating. <laughs> if we think about that, we'll go all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Not juicy. You know, one of my favorite bubble gums is juicy fruit. Remember juicy fruit? Oh, juicy <laughs> fruit was great. I loved it as a kid. I think they still might sell it for 25 cents. It's like the cheapest bubble gum in the world. In this this market of inflation, that would be a deal. I'd suggest you get out and buy some. It's probably a dollar by now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Praise God. Um, One of our, uh, you know, um, Billy Brim, one of our mothers in the faith, um, Miss Billy, she said, um, she said, the Holy Spirit just wants to make you sweet. Sweet fruit. Right, yeah, man. The best fruit is the sweetest fruit. That's right. You know, and when you taste of that sweetest fruit, you know, it immediately you get that sugar rush. Immediately you get the nutrient, the the you get what you need. And I tell you, the sweetest fruit out of the nine fruit of the spirit are the first three. Love, joy, and peace. Those three, those right there, there's a reason why they're all in the beginning. That list of nine, and if you want to read that, Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace were the first three. They're the sweetest. They're the very center of the heart of God. He wants you loving. He wants you joyful. And he wants you settled in peace that the storms and the craziness of this world don't shake you. That's right. Love thy neighbor as yourself. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Amen. Amen. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. And we need that. Yeah. Those are, if you think about love, joy, and peace, those are the the cornerstones of the foundation that you need. So when crisis strikes, when things happen, when the Lord needs you to lead, that stabilizes you. So you yeah. can hear clearly from the Lord and your emotions don't overtake you in that moment. Mm-hmm. That's what those are. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Someone just posted that they're eating Starburst. That's I love Starburst too. Oh, Starburst is delicious too. Where did they get Starburst from? I don't know. Everyone's going crazy. Marty, you have sparked a candy and gum controversy in the chat. Everyone is throwing their opinion in. Oh, no. Okay, you ready for this? Jolly Ranchers. Oh. I love Jolly Ranchers. Sour Patch Kids. Oh, those, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't like that. I would expect that from you, Amanda. Bubble Yum. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Big League Chew. Oh, I loved Big League Chew. Jenny's got a pack of it downstairs. She's down there munching like a hippopotamus on some Big League Chew. <laughs> I promise you. She had a big old pack of it. She's like getting a big old dip of it. Yeah. It's the truth. Cool. It was you. You were eating it, Jenny. Yes, it is baseball. Baseball time is coming. Chris can't be more excited. It is a season I go through every year in our marriage where five out of seven nights a week, I have to watch the New York Mets. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that season is coming. That is where I need the fruit of the spirit called patience. Yes, and self-control. Temperance, yeah. <laughs> Juicy fruit. Someone said a dollar fifty-nine. Holy wow! How times changed. Thanks, Biden. Yeah. Mm. Yep. That's right. Okay, I was joking. So. <laughs> well. <laughs> We'll try to get back over in the spirit again. So praise God. <laughs> what else is going on, Holy Ghost? <laughs> Talk about God. Oh, my goodness. The Holy Spirit's probably laughing at us going, oh, my gosh. They just think these two yahoos just went off talking about God while I'm trying to minister. This is what the Holy Spirit's thinking right now. Yeah, God is good. God is good. He so is we're good. what a, what an honor we have, uh, Amanda and Chris, to be in this earth, and I keep saying over on my morning show, I keep saying over and over, I just know, I just know that great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 12. I just know they're standing there looking over the rail saying, man, if I could only be in the earth, the greatest hour of mankind, the greatest hour of the church is upon them right now. And let me tell you, they are looking over and they got popcorn machines everywhere right now. And they all eating popcorn, just riveted, <laughs> watching at what's happening. I'm convinced. You're going to get some great comments about the heaven popcorn machines. You know why? Because Orville Redenbacher <laughs> is up there and I'm sure he's making popcorn for everybody. I believe he was saved. I believe he was a Christian. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yes, the great cloud of witness. Oh, I'm sure they are just watching and just cheering and just amazed at at the times we're living in and and what they're seeing fulfilled that is in scripture. Yeah. Um, it, it's just an incredible time to to watch the Lord work. Yeah. And yeah. you, the Lord teaches you to recognize the signs in the natural or what's happening in the natural, and you can tell them what's going on in the realm of the spirit. Yeah. You know, you can tell who's trying to advance. Who's doing what? Like the spirit of harlotry right now that we see in Hosea, that we saw in uh, in in First Kings uh, eighteen with Elijah. It even started before that uh, with uh, Jezebel and Ahab. Is the same spirit of harlotry trying to advance right now? Wow! In areas of the nation, it's the same one. Wow! They just reinvent themselves. Yeah. So it's interesting, and and when you see certain things happen in the natural, you can tell who's trying to advance. Yeah. In the spirit and what's going on. You know, because the spirits, they're not ending. You know, the person they're trying to operate through and do things through, they might pass on. They may no longer be in use of the enemy, but you know, the those spirits, they're waiting on the next person to express themselves to express the darkness, the rulers of the darkness of this world. And so that's what we're dealing with. Our number one contender that we deal with is the body of Christ there in Ephesians six twelve, um, because we've been given authority over the, over the enemy and all the demonic, but the rulers of the darkness of this world, just the name of them talks about they're the rulers of the darkness. They're the highest contenders that we deal with. And they're not that strong. They're the biggest and baddest the enemy brings up against us, but they're not even that powerful. We've already been given the victory over them. We just exercise authority over them. But what they endeavor to do is spew and smear darkness. So they obviously they start with the world. They start with the unlost. That's a given because they're actually children of darkness. Yep, I hate to say it. It's just the way the Bible declares it. 
It's just what the Bible shows. They're actually children not of light but of darkness. So they automatically are walking in darkness because they've not received the light of God unto salvation through Christ. So you have those people walking in darkness. But here's the bad part, Amanda. There are people in the body of Christ who can actually give themselves over to darkness too. Doesn't mean they're not saved. Doesn't mean they're not saved and going to go to hell. It doesn't mean they've lost their salvation. It just means that although they're a Christian and the light of God is in them, they've allowed darkness to fellowship with them. They've allowed the thinking of darkness to govern things that they're thinking, saying, and doing. And so they're acting out sometimes in darkness. And no fruit. No fruit. No, because there's no there's no light to mature the fruit. Yeah. You need light. That's good. That is good, Chris. You need yeah. light to mature the fruit, to yeah. ripen it. So if there's no light, what happens? The fruit begins to wither. Yeah. Begins to rot. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what goes on. I would say scripturally, I would say scripturally, if you're wanting to pray for a loved one, you could say in the name of Jesus, rulers of darkness that are endeavored to keep my family member in darkness, I break your power over their life. In the name of Jesus, I command you to cease and desist of having darkness rule over them in the name of Jesus. And then I would go to Matthew 9, 36 through 39, and say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I'm asking for you to send the laborers into the life of my loved one because you just stopped the enemy from shining and spreading darkness. I'm commanding you, I'm asking you, Father, to send laborers into the field of my loved one. Send, hand select the perfect labor that will share what they, someone that they'll listen to, Father. That's who I want you to send to them because they don't listen to everyone. Have you ever tried to witness, share Jesus with a loved one and they're like, speak to the hand? Well, but there's someone they will listen to. The father knows how to hand select that person and send that person into their life. So you just pray, Father, you're the Lord of the harvest. I'm asking you to send. You notice, Amanda, a lot of times when we're having shows and we're talking, we keep going back to the precious fruit of the earth. You can't separate the heart and the mind of God from this. It's the heart and the mind of God. Every conversation should have little intricacies of the lost being reached. We are so on the edge of the big harvest door swinging open. It is ready to swing. Those hinges have been greased up and oiled by the Holy Ghost anointing. That door is fixing to swing, swing open. And the harvest in that great, just millions are just going to flood into the church. Pastors are going to wake up saying, where have I been? People are breaking my door down. I better start seeking God again on what he wants me to say. Yeah, it's it's true. And, you know, the the trees that produce the best fruit have very deep roots. Yeah. They they, they stretch towards the water. They stretch uh, towards it. They get stretched. And so... In the same way, pastors in this hour to be put back where they should be are going to have to be stretched. They're going to have to be stretched. They are because their roots have gotten a little superficial and it's producing fruit that is stunted. The growth of it is stunted. Yeah, It's not producing what it should. Yeah. So they're going to have to be stretched in this hour. 
more than they've been stretched in times past in order to restore them to where they should be and to anchor them yeah in the good soil they belong because some of them have gone into sandy soil yeah and you know yeah um a little before the lord talked to me about that that before i had that prophetic word about pastors being restored during the great harvest not before it which is so interesting and right after i got done with that prophetic word which was just god speaking through me i had no idea what i was even saying i spoke it out and then i typed it up later but after that then i'm prophetically just teaching and talking and i'm still in the zone and i'm still speaking from that place and i spoke about how the pastors would be restored the lord is using prophets to do so well, a few weeks before this, the word of the Lord came to me and said, the peak of the office of the prophet is not even here yet. People are having a fit. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so fixing to enjoy what I'm fixing to say. People, I, I want to get up and dance a jig, but I've got dirty pants on. I'm, <laughs> I got my work pants on, so just well, I won't dance a jig. Uh, they That's do. They got right. they got dirt all over. I mean, I'm not dirty. They're stains, you know. I'm, but I can't dance a jig. So I am so excited about what I'm fixing to say. I hope I don't lose it. Jeannie, don't make me laugh. People, people have been so aggravated of the office of the prophet coming back up, beginning to do its just natural, supernatural job. I'm here to tell you the office is not even done rising to the peak of what it's called to do publicly. See, there's so much that's been going on privately with that great gift. And may I say that Jesus himself in Ephesians 4 was the one that gave the gift. No one's going to take away what Jesus gave with his own hand. It's not going to happen. And they're not going to use their mouth to belittle and destroy what the very hand of Jesus gave to the body of Christ. And the peak of the hour of the greatest of the importance of that gift, we're not even reached it yet. And there was great, and I'm now I'm speaking by the prophetic of the Holy Ghost, there was such a great significance about you being with the Bullocks, you being really? in that church, the culmination of those gifts coming together at that time it was like a candle lighting up a sp- a flare like a flare you know when you when you're in a boat and you're starving and your engine died and you pull out that flare i don't know what those flares are called they're like can burn underwater it's like a bright bright flare that's what that was with you going to robin bullock's church robin and robin that's what that was it was holding that up during an hour of a storm, declaring, decreeing, and shouting, this gift is not done. This gift is rising. This gift is shining because Jesus, the head of the church, calls for it to be put back in its rightful place. Do you know the entire Bible was founded upon the revelation of the apostle and the prophet? How could we ever dare belittle a gift that was given to the New Testament that the whole foundation of the church was built upon. Seriously, there is so much revelation 
Now, let me say this real quickly. Can you, I've just got to keep going. Go right ahead. There's so much revelation. Now, all revelation in the body of Christ, there is no new revelation. It's all founded upon what's already been given, right? But the light of that revelation many times is not been shown to the generation we're living in. The prophet's office is going in that realm, grabbing that pastor in and out, grabbing pastor, grabbing provision, talked about in, yeah, pastor, you know, not pastor, pastor, green pastors. And there in, uh, was it, is it John 9? John 9, verse 9, you get saved and then you go in and out and you find that green provision. The ministers, the people of God, the prophets of God will go in and get light about the revelation so that the body of Christ today can walk in the light of his word, can walk in the light. It's not that they're coming up with a new word. They're just bringing light to the generation who's been walking in darkness. That's right. That's right. We're, 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 we're bringing light to what God has already released. Yeah. It's just That's being it revealed is. at that moment. Yeah. So yeah. praise the Lord. And I just had know, to get that out. Uh, well, pray Marty. That yeah. was amazing. Praise the yeah. Lord. I knew there was, a, I, I knew the Lord sending me to warrior Alabama. I know. Right. There, <clears> there, <throat> there was such prophetic significance to that. Yeah. And in watching. I needed what you said. Thank you. You're welcome. Bless you, brother. He really needed it. Yes. Yes. I could tell in his demeanor. Um, And you know, okay, I'm going to talk about the dream because this this keeps coming back to me, so I have to talk about it. Before I left, for Warrior, Alabama, days prior, I had a dream. And there was this very, very high Rocky Mountain. And I was climbing it. And I was already very high up. And there was somebody about, oh, 20 feet or so above me. And they said to me, come up higher, come up here. Wow. You know, I didn't know who it was because their face was sort of like, so I I couldn't identify who it was, but it was very rocky and you had to navigate it really careful as you climbed. Um, And and they kept calling me up higher. And I looked down for a moment. I was already very high up where I was, but I was being called up higher. That's what's happening to the seasoned in the prophetic, they are being called higher right now in this season, higher than they've ever been. They're being called because of what we see happening around us in the nation. So we got to climb. This is our climb. You're right. This, it it hasn't reached its peak yet because this is our climb. It's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. And when a gift is called to climb, it's making new ground so that the other gifts may join it. Yeah. It's bringing light to the body. You go through the nine gifts. There's only one called a seer. There's only one called a seer. There's only one that sees at that level. Now I'm all about apostles. I've got some amazing 
powerful people of God in my life that are apostles, and they move and go and see. But there's only one that was called a seer. Now, the apostle can touch all of these gifts as they're called to, as that grace comes upon them, but they just don't touch all those gifts all the time. It's as the Holy Spirit wills. It's as he'll move upon them to operate in one of those five gifts because they're called to start great works and things. So, but the but the ministry gift of the prophet is called to be a seer and can step and move in that, and they're that all the time. That's who they are. That's what they do. So, whenever they minister, whenever they operate, they're operating from a place of seeing more than not. Brother Hagen said, "I would go into a service and I would see what I would do in the service before I would go. So I would just show up in the service and just act out what I saw." And there were times there were times he had to act out what he saw because the glory cloud was so thick he couldn't even see the front row. So he would just act out what he said. There were one time that he uh, there was one time that he didn't know what happened in the service. And so the traveling band with him spoke with him and he said, I don't know. What did I just do? And they're like, what do you mean? What do you just did? He's like, I, I kind of got caught up in the spirit. I have, I did not remember the last hour. And they said, well, you jumped off the stage and grabbed a woman off the third row and cast three devils out of her. And you named the devils and you cast three wow. devils and, and you just flowed like that for an hour. And he's like, I don't have any, any clue because he got caught up into that place. That's the peak, Amanda, to where we are so operating out of God. It's no longer us operating that now we still have the limitations we still have, but our objective, your objective, our objective, the, all the ministry gifts objective is to operate out of God at such a place that it's just like he's flowing through us and it's not limited by us anymore. He can do, he can have those nine gifts of the spirit come to us and flow through us and just keep flowing and keep operating to reach the precious fruit of the earth. Once again, it goes back to those guys. It's great to have the ministry gifts operating for the body of Christ, but it's the highest and best having those ministry gifts operating for the lost. Amen. Wow. It is. But this is, this is our climb right now. Yeah. This is our high up Rocky climb that the people in the prophetic are making right now yeah with what's happening yeah so it's going to be interesting it seems like over you know whatever period of time that there might have been some licks punched towards the prophetic yeah it seems like the prophetic only got stronger it's true 